That's assuming I'm not soft, which I very well might be, but I'm, I feel like I'm more resilient than some other people, so mm. I think part of it was the blue-collar job. So I feel like I don't really have to worry about now. I just need to make sure that he has like a formative blue-collar job experience at some point if the robots haven't taken all those jobs by then. Mm. So yeah. I'm punting. I, I'm punting that forward is basically what I'm saying. Dude, you should just get him to uh <laughs> package and ship all your able cell orders and then you just berate him you sit there and just berate him it's true i could i could do that oh actually <laughs> while we're um you know what why don't we why don't we jump uh right into an update because i got a i got a disappointing update to give yeah, you right now it. oh no what happened so i was riding real high um i sat down this weekend and did the math and found out that i'm I'm making money, which is good. I really just yeah. just did the easy easy but tedious math and mm-hmm. um it's it the numbers are looking very healthy. So I was re- I was just really riding high and I'm I'm getting oh, probably 6 to 7 orders a day and mm-hmm. pretty oh. consistently too. So it's great. Like everything's kind of been going great. And then today nothing. N- like no orders. And it's the first day, I, so I went back and looked, it's the first day in 17 days that I haven't had at least three orders. So I, I, I don't know what's going on. So I just I was just like, before the podcast, hmm. I was looking at my stats and just looking at, um, you know, making sure nothing was broken or that maybe one of my items was sold out or, hmm. um, so it, it's, I realized though how fragile, um, now again, it's one day but but still, it's like you, um, all these feelings that I'm experiencing, which is why I did this whole experiment. Is I can imagine if you imagine the extreme where you like bought, uh, you know, uh, or you rented a, a store, right? You mm-hmm. have you have like crazy overhead monthly fixed costs, and you know that for the first 18 days of the month, all the product you sell is just covering your costs. Maybe mm-hmm. you have four or five days of profit in the month um, or whatever. I'm sure that's hopefully it's not that bad. And then, you know, you're riding high and like you're doing good. And then all of a sudden, like nobody comes in. And then <laughs> like, what if tomorrow, like nobody comes in? And then when do you start to like, when do you raise the alarm bell that, oh, this is just a fluke day. This is seasonality. This is... well. How, how, how's your top of funnel? Great. Nothing's so changed. You still, so you still got people coming in. They just haven't yeah. converted. Yeah. And, and Shopify and all their wisdom is telling me that my site is actually not converting very well compared to the average. So they have really cool stats. So of my cohort who signed up the week I signed up in September, I think I signed up the week of September 7th. Mm-hmm. I'm in the top 5% of traffic. Hmm. Which is great. That's a really cool. It's like, That's hey, amazing. you're you're yeah. in the top five percent of like people in your cohort, traffic wise. But the typical conversion rate of your cohort is uh, three point seven five percent, and you're like at two point five percent, which mm. doesn't sound like a lot. But when you do the math, I mean, that's a huge 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like if, if you can increase your your conversion rate of your whole store by one percent, that's mm-hmm. that's that's really big. Um, anyway, so quick update. Uh, overall, things are going well. I've figured out customs. I've figured out um, how to kind of order product when I need to, so I'm not out of stock. And mm-hmm. but I am getting more competition. So. I've started to have to weekly keep tabs on my competition and mm-hmm. decide if I want to play a pricing game or not. So mm-hmm. I, I've decided not to right now. I'm I am the most expensive on a, on a mm-hmm. few products, but um, only by a, a buck fifty or so. And I'm I'm quite happy to to do that because I feel like as soon as I start to go and play that game, it's it's almost like the beginning of the end or something. Like it's mm-hmm. it's I'll never compete with some of these bigger guys on price. So. I can't. Um, I, I can't just. I, I can't do that. So, uh, mm. what else? Um, yeah, and then today, just a real knock to the ego that I've had no no orders. Now I do tend to get orders for between kind of like eleven till one a.m. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty popular time for me. So maybe one will kind of squeeze in. It's probably but, West uh, Coasters, man. You probably got a lot of West West Coast I people. I do. I got. I got. I got a ton of West Coasters. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking of, I got a couple ideas. I think I'm actually going to focus on top, top of funnel. So, you know, uh, my ads, my ad copy, try to get even two or three more percent click through rate. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, buy me some time to do some, uh, you know, just some work on the site to see if I can get the conversion rate up. Can you, uh, do they have tools for ABing on the Shopify site? No, they don't really. They they have apps that do it, but the mm-hmm. um they're quite expensive. Some of the apps they're thirty or forty bucks a month, mm-hmm. and um the way I do A B testing is I do um I guess you call it like phase testing. So actually, it's what we were talking about today um, when I was at your your office uh, mm-hmm. doing your usability test, where like I just uh, for two weeks I measure, then I change something, mm-hmm. and then I measure two weeks, and then that's it. Like I, uh, yes, I, I'm not splitting traffic. I'm just doing kind of cohort cohort testing. So, uh, yeah. So that's um, my update. Um, why? Why? Out of, out of curiosity, why do you do it that way instead of split splitting it and doing AB? Just because I'm cheap. So um, I looked at Optimizely, and I, I just I want to keep my costs as fixed and as low as possible. So mm-hmm. even like it's funny, even my SEO tools. Like I used to pay. 85 bucks a month for really like the, the cream of the crop of the SEO tools called uh, Ahrefs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I realized that I don't really need that for this yet. I mean, I I track everything now pretty manually with a spreadsheet and it's it's more work, but I can't justify just losing 80 bucks a month to something that it's, it's helping me grow. But I think, again, it's a pencil problem. Like it's, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not at that stage yet where it's giving me some crazy competitive advantage. Like I, I know my SEO is strong. I'm, I'm climbing the ladder and, and that's it. I just have to keep, keep doing what I'm doing. And, um, uh, and, and really what I'm excited about is when I, when I did the numbers, now I can set goals. So I operate really well with goals and I know what I'm making, you know, a day now. So my, Mm -hmm. uh, my goal is to just you know double that in uh, in the next thirty days. So that's it. That's my. Oh, uh, dude, that's awesome, man. Then you you've uh, you've grown so much since we first started this, man. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking about that again. Like I I think my 
my mindset has changed a lot. But here, here's what's crazy. Sorry, last thing on this because I don't want to uh, talk about this for the whole time. But so remember how I told you I was going to build my own e-commerce store and you mm-hmm. said, you're crazy. That's a pencil problem. And that kind of mm-hmm. kicked off this whole podcast. It was that day that I told you, <laughs> let's do a yeah. podcast. Yeah. And what's funny though is now I'm starting to think to do that again. So hear me out. Okay. Shopify is expensive. Yeah. It, it like when I when I started doing the math, it is very expensive. So when you just take Shopify plus Stripe mm-hmm. plus PayPal plus shipping, so the mm-hmm. the most basic elements of any e-commerce store that's not drop shippers. I mean, you're talking like I, I'm paying seven eight hundred dollars a month to Shopify because I do all my shipping through them as well. And mm-hmm. when I started comparing notes with friends, you even though you get a discounted rate, mm-hmm. they they make it seem like you're getting a really great rate. But when you actually negotiate and shop around, you're still getting screwed by Shopify on a, on a shipping perspective. So mm-hmm. like, for example, shipping to Fort McMurray uh, through Shopify for one of my parcels with a given weight and size, $43. When I... Wow. Yeah, when I checked with FedEx and got like a, I negotiated a little bit, but it wasn't like a, I wasn't, you know, doing some, you know, crazy negotiating, um, $14. So $30 delta there. And Wait, but, oh, wow, $43. Yeah, yeah. And now FedEx is more equipped even than Canada Post to do a lot of that stuff. So now if it's in Ontario, though, Canada Post is like four bucks. FedEx is mm-hmm. like nine bucks. So there's a trade-off. But um, anyway, long story short, I'm starting to think that I could easily just clone my e-commerce framework that I already have. And But the difference now is that I can do it on my own time. So mm-hmm. I'll still keep the Shopify site running every day. And then if I want to, if I want to just get rid of that monthly cost, I could start migrating things over to my own e-commerce store. And anyway, these are the things I'm dancing with right now. So, I, sorry, like right now, don't you package your own stuff and ship it yourself? Though? I thought you, that's what you're doing in your garage. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. But then what is what is Shopify doing then? What's the $43 for then? Oh, it's amazing. So when you get an order, you, mm-hmm. have, a, you have a view that shows you all your orders. Mm-hmm. And then I press a button that says fulfill order. Mm-hmm. And then it just tells me, okay, do you want to buy a shipping label right now? Mm-hmm. I print it off on my computer, I tape it to the box, and that's it. I don't have charge to go to... $43 for that. Well, depending on where it's going. So if it's going to you in sure. Toronto, that might be 6 bucks, And if it's going to Fort McMurray, it might be 43 bucks. But then does that really save you... Like I'm, I'm just wondering. Instead of opening the other store, which I'm not, I'm not completely against anymore, because like, yeah, like you said, you already have this up and running, and you can run it in parallel um, until you get the other thing up and running, until you get the other store going. But couldn't you, oh, if you're I spending see. the time yeah. packaging it, couldn't you just like, like I don't know, spend half an hour or an hour, I don't know, bring all the packages at once and just ship it like once a week? No. No. Why not? Because. No, like you, you need to you need to ship things quickly. You need you need no, okay. to ship. Sure, but don't when you get an order though, don't you still have to go to the you still have to go to the post office and send it? Yeah, but you just have to drop it off. Once you have the shipping label, you just have to put the like you just put the box on the table and you walk away. Yeah, but 
I don't know. Like I almost think it's it's more cost effective if you just hired somebody on the cheap to just you give them the packages, they go, they line up, they do it for you, and you pay them like a hourly rate or something. No, ah, uh, that's a good point. I mean, right now Ross is doing that, but um, it's my dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't put him through that because he is not a man of patience when it comes to that stuff. But no, um, but even if you, what's your buddy's name? Is Andrew? Oh, Aaron. Oh, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Like, couldn't you just offload to him? Or if you hired somebody, you pay them twenty bucks an hour. In two hours, they can totally do that. But that's forty dollars. That's like you're you're pretty much saving. You're eating one package, but you're the the cost of one package, and you're you're getting the rest is the kind of gravy, you know. Uh, that's, you're, that's, you're, you're gonna make that back so quick that's not but that's not a bad idea and you're right i think the it, it's just the the fees even just the base fees for shopify are starting to get more and more mm-hmm. expensive so um and stripe which is amazing and like if you're a developer listening everyone knows about stripe but when you really start looking at what they charge when it's your money you're like why am i yes it's really easy but i, I know how to write gateway software like i could just I can go to Scotia or TD, get a merchant account and just write the code that talks to the merchant account and save like a percent and a half on every transaction. That's not mm-hmm. that's not nothing. So Stripe makes it so easy for you to do that, but I'm I'm paying this convenience tax that frankly is there for people who aren't developers. So I don't know, I'm just trying to think like here's where I have I have like unique skills that I could put to work and um, it's just money in my pocket. It just helps me, you know, buy more products and keep my prices where I want. So, um, yeah, yeah. But the more time you spend on that, the more less time you can do for improving your conversion, improving your traffic. Yeah, but it's all about unit. Ec- so what I realized though, I think it's about the unit economics though. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter about like, it doesn't matter if I'm, if I'm converting higher, if my costs are still. Oh yeah. 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 You know, like I just, I need to basically bring my cost down or raise my prices i mean it's yeah but the, not, but i guess the, the fact is like even if you made your own e-commerce store you're still gonna have to figure out the packaging and the, sorry the, the the shipping you're still gonna have to figure out this fedex problem because now you don't your your e-commerce store that you're building is not going to print these out for you no no but okay but so here's what i'm thinking so okay so fedex has a pretty simple api so mm-hmm. It, it's easy to, and I, I already wrote this for Aaron for for Drip Social. Like he integrates with with um, with FedEx, UPS. Like mm-hmm. I wrote all that software. Like it's easy. It's just friggin' like REST APIs. It's it's not hard. So oh. the mm-hmm. but the question is, so for Shopify, you get a convenience factor where it's all in this beautiful interface. You can press a button. You can print it. You're right. There's going to be maintenance. I have to host this now somewhere. Like there are going to be costs. But the question is, is it worth $399 a month, which is what Shopify is costing me right now without well, why, shipping? Why don't you just – I'm surprised there's no no one no one's written like a FedEx plugin for Shopify. Well, they have, but it costs money. So it's like when you start adding everything up, it's like is it worth – like, and, you're, and you know what? You're right. Like as I'm thinking about it more, like maybe what I really should be doing is trying to find – more creative human ways to get the cost down versus the software ways. But well, um, dude, because the, the fact is if it's like $13 versus $43, that's a huge margin. You can make that back. Even if it, you have to buy this plugin for like say 50 bucks, you're going to make that money back so quick. And if that FedEx plugin is going to give you way better rates, 
then it's it's worth it. I'd rather spend my time doing that than you're going to solve the e-commerce. You can write your own e-commerce store, but you're not addressing any of these issues that you're talking about. You're still sure. going to have to transact. No, you're but sure, yeah, because FedEx, because so. because Shopify just the base fee is three hundred ninety nine dollars. That's four hundred bucks a month that I could just okay, pop no, in my, yeah, pop yeah, in sure. my pocket. Sure. So outside of the base fee that you that you outside of that four hundred dollars, everything else so you're not really solving by moving over. Uh, you're yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Right. So I don't know, like the four hundred dollars. I don't know. You host. I, I your hosting can get pretty pretty cheap, but. But, but you know I, what I mean? Know. Like it, it's starting yeah. to be one of those things where it's like if I have to sharpen my pencil, pun intended, mm-hmm. um, I I have options to do – like I have that option where a lot of people don't have that option. Like sure. you know, if you're not a developer, you are you won't even think to do that because you have to pay someone, find someone. You're going to get raked over the coals for costs. So mm-hmm. it's just – but then again though, you know what? As I'm saying this out loud – no, I'm probably not going to do any of that. What I just said, because if the goal one day is to you know sell this to somebody or have someone else operate it, staying in the Shopify world makes my life a hundred times easier. So that's probably worth three hundred dollars a month. So mm-hmm. I, I I see what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying. All right. Anyway, yeah. I, I don't want I don't want to make this all about uh, about uh, about able sales, but I think that the takeaway was. Um, and again, like anyone listening here who has ambitions to do a Shopify store, here's the three things you should do. And I'm going to go into tactics just really quick because fuck, if I had have thought about this, just like literally every day you get an order. Just just do the very, 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 very simple economics of that order. How much did you pay for those products that you sold? What did your shipping cost you? How much tax did you pay? Now, Shopify helps you with some reports. But they, like, if I had have just done that every single day, it would have saved me a lot of time and I wouldn't have been so scared to kind of sit down and do it. But now that I'm like back to zero every day now, well, fuck, I have no orders today, but um, every day I will do that. Just very simple. And also a little, uh, a little trick that I, I kind of found that I'm, I'm really jazzed about actually that. So I decided that. Christina, my wife, my dad, who works, you know, helps me ship, and my mom, and maybe my father-in-law, because he's interested in this too now, are going to be like my board of directors. So, and fuck it, I'm going to throw you in there too. So, um, in the first week of every month, I'm going to send out the, like a an investor, like I'm going to send out a report on how the last month went, as if <laughs> you were investors, even though you're not. So, like... And I, I, like I think, I like and I think it's going to help me try to think more high level and be accountable. And um, yeah, so I'm going to send out like, all right, here's what happened in February. You know, we, and, and nothing earth shattering here, but just something to hold myself accountable. Mm-hmm. And um, no, I like that, man. Yeah. So um, now that I've said it to you on the podcast, I have to do it or you're going <laughs> to, you're going to razz me about it next this week is so. real now yeah this shit's real now anyway how is your stuff going uh it's good man i sent you uh month nine i i revised it because uh alicia said it was she wasn't Not impressed funny. the first time i did it right um and i kind of yeah i just i know what she likes man i know what she's into and i feel this is it's a good tone to keep for the book and it's really just keeping it more punchy a little bit more um concise and don't get 
too too kind of in my head with it and just yeah just keep them short and punchy i think that's really what she likes um but i feel like generally that's what people like when uh, i get feedback from people as well um so because i think a lot of people who are going to read it are very casual it's also probably good toilet book reading so i want to i just change the tone a bit i just revise it change the tone i want to see what you thought um and yeah, you know, you can be very honest. I feel you're not specifically that that demographic. I think you like things to be a little bit more introspective. Um, but tell me what you think. I absolutely will, and I apologize. I did not. Uh, I just saw you had sent it over now, so I will. I will not do a live reading, but um, no, yeah, unless you want me, unless you want me to. But no, no, um, no, no, no. It's, but no, yeah. I will absolutely. Uh, I'll have a look at that. I, I, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's got to be a challenge for you because I, we, we talked about this um, before. My worry with this would be that if you're not capturing it raw in the moment, you're mm-hmm. going to like memory is so bad. And mm-hmm. we and again, even just as I was watching those one second a day, you realize how bad your memory is until you are reminded of it. So I worry that you would do a lot of post-processing and mm. and I think to Alicia's point, the the farther away you get from the metal, you it probably loses some of that spirit, and maybe that's what she was feeling. Where if you're if you're processing too much, if you're thinking about it too much, it, it probably will won't have that same impact because it's more of a stream of consciousness, you know? Yeah, I I actually think it's kind of the opposite because the ones that I have done in the moment i wrote like a because in the moment when i'm doing it sometimes i'll just kind of put a lot of words on paper and i'll write like a whole paragraph on this one thing and alicia's like yeah okay and i'm like wow that i thought that was pretty heartfelt or that was that was a good post and um you know she's like yeah it's it's it's, it's fine and if i take that and edit it a little bit and just punch it up a little bit and, can, and just like strip like five sentences down to like one or two, she's like, I still laughing when she reads it. Really? Yeah. So you, so sorry, by, by, so you kind of, you dump it down, then you edit and you mm-hmm. tighten it and then that mm-hmm. gets better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, fair, fair enough. Whatever works. I, I think it's also because uh, she has a short attention span. So I, <laughs> I can't, I can't have some like long block of text. Like she has to just read it, hit and then move on to the next piece. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I was uh, dawdling too too much on this one. So anyways, I finished month nine. I'm just going to leave it as is. I'm moving in month 10. I have notes of all of month 10 already. I've written some, like maybe a quarter of them in like polished version. And then the other three quarters are unpolished though. So I'm, I'm working on that. Um, I think, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I met up with a director friend of mine. No. So this guy, he... He's actually, uh, he used to be a copywriter in the advertising business. Uh, he still kind of does that on the side right now as a freelancer. Um, but he's done like a lot of cool work. He's done work with like Skittles, with Nike, with like, um, uh, what's that? Like uh, Mountain Dew, Sprite. So he's done a whole bunch of cool like copy work for a lot of these ad companies. And I don't know if you know, but like in advertising, everyone works in pairs. So there's like an art director and a copywriter. and like in, mm-hmm. in in advertising everyone's just like they they get sold together as a as a as a pair anyways he he was like um uh a 
friend of my buddy who's a who's art director and uh maybe a couple years ago he just he was sick of just that industry and just how not like necessarily scummy it is but just how how much they churn through people because it's it's like the money is not like amazing to do great work from the clients and the clients are trying to bleed you out and they see like oh people have made this movie for like you know, $100,000 and it did really well. Or people made Get Out for $5 million and it made $100 million. So we're only going to do like a five second video or like a 30 second video. So, you know, it should be, you know, like $10,000 or something. And they don't mm. realize the cost that go into it. But the way that it works in the advertising business is like it's very competitive. And then sometimes you have to take those um, jobs and the tight turnarounds just make it extremely stressful during that time. Um, and anyways, but my buddy, he's, he's uh, his real passion though is to do um, to be a director. So for the last like I want to say maybe actually it was more than two, maybe like four years now, he's just been doing projects on the side to kind of build up his own portfolio. Um, and his stuff is actually really good. And he just pulls in a lot of his friends from the advertising world, and a lot of people who has who have like you know cameramen or people who can do post edits and all all, all these things like sound people, and his stuff looks really good. Um, and he dumps a lot of money into this because he was telling me he did this one video. It was like um, about it was for Star Wars. Like uh, what, what was that? There was like a special Star Wars day. Dude, I'm not like a big Star Wars person, so I don't oh, know like May, like May the Fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did a, a video for, for May the 4th and um, he had a whole bunch of kids just role playing as like these different superheroes. Um, it was really cute, really, really well done. Um, that video, it cost him like $50,000. What? To shoot. And he got like a production house to front half the cost because it would, they did like a co-production thing. But it still cost him like... A, like yeah, a lot of money and this was honestly like a three or four minute video and it's it's really well done it's really polished but um anyways he's trying to build up his portfolio so i had this idea of like this kind of video i want to do and this video like i mentioned before was for um like a kickstarter if uh i, I think that's the way i want to go and in order to have a successful Kickstarter, I think I need a successful video. And I was just asking him what he thought about this idea that I had, which was basically um, just like a simple, like having a camera on a tripod, filming me holding Abby and just making a pitch, like a, like a one minute pitch of why they should support this project and just have all like the raw cuts all cut into like a one minute thing. So you're gonna have I assume when I'm trying to sit still for a minute with Abby, it's just not going to be possible. She's going to get up. She's going to try to crawl away. She's going to like start screaming mama or like start spitting in my face or whatever, you know, and, um, but stitching it all together. And I think it, it, it would make like a really funny, but also, uh, stay true to the kind of the soul of the book and what, what it's about and really the, like a bunch of mini moments kind of stitched together. Um, do you, do you follow what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm, I'm, but how? And then would you have like a voiceover for the for the? Or, or would I think it be? It, I I don't know. Like I think it would. No, no. I think it would be me trying to trying to make this pitch. But it would be essentially broke it, 
broken into like uh, oh gotcha okay so if she like, like gets up and series. starts to walk away you might still be talking and then that would be like a little clip and then it would stitch to yeah so, so it's like really like the magic of the editing would be how it would all come together yeah totally totally gotcha and, okay um, so i was pitching it to my buddy um and he thought it was good but he had actually more i think a better idea which was a lot more uh a, a lot more what's the word for it like it's a lot more polished but he would he's like i think we can set up like a camera crew in your house for like a day and we just kind of follow uh you and abby and you guys are just doing stuff and we're gonna tie some of these kind of moments with moments in your from from your like book like little excerpts that you know can be narrated over top and he's like i think it'd be really funny you can set a whole bunch of these together and i think it'd be really funny and the cool thing about this is like you can cut these up and then you can take it and then you can put it on on instagram or you know put on different things right yeah. and as like promo pieces um but then i think yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Go ahead. no no what were we gonna say no i think i like that better i think the um like when i in my head when I was just picturing like if I was if I was directing this and I I always just kind of see the movie in my head it's like mm-hmm. I picture more like more almost more like and again maybe this is just me being like the target but more like sentimental more yeah. um like the kind of like the soft music like a, picking a nice sunny day seeing like the nice like sun rays breaking through your <laughs> you know your your light and like you're you're in your house and there's like some slow motion things of your kid like running around and you're, and then you're talking over like, you know, like, like these moments are fleeting. Like life is like, and you're kind of like, you're, you're, you're hitting parents that, that you're, you're kind of showing these, these cool moments, but you're Mm -hmm. talking about how fleeting they are and how you decided to like capture them. Then you would like pick up the pace. You get like the, 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 you know, like the spicier kind of music and then mm-hmm. you kind of go into your pitch where it's like, Here, here's what I'm doing. Because um, I think if you make it too funny, if you try to go for the the funny factor, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think, and maybe I'm the wrong, like maybe I'm the odd man out here, but I don't, I, that's not why I think this is going to sell. I think it's going to sell because it's, um, I don't know. I feel like there's more heart to it than than funny, but that's that's my yeah. that's my take. Um. So, anyways, I'm 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 coming. I'm a little on the fence because I think on one hand, uh, and this is what me and him talked about was like if the production value is too high, and I, I'm like, I dude, I can't also spend a whole bunch of money on this. So we're, we're gonna we have a way of doing it super super on the cheap, but still make it look like pretty highly produced. But if it looks too highly produced, then I think it loses a little bit of the personality and the kind of the heart of it all, and if his his point is like nobody wants to see you everyone wants to see the baby so we got to like focus the baby more yes um, that's true which is completely true and he's like and the thing is with making a nice video you kind of want this to be very shareable so having something that's very shareable is just going to help the campaign but um you know and it's good in that way his his kind of side motivation is also like he wants to up his reel as well so he wants to have something that's really nice and well produced that's going to fit his reel and i i I think that's cool, but I also want something that's going to feel like honest and uh, not like have. I want something honest, funny, and it's still keeping it real. 
without feeling like it's like I, I've, I've sold out in a way. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. And there is a fine line because if you make it too, yeah, too, too polished, too good, then that could backfire also. But I, mm. I think that when you, um, uh, yeah, I think the heart. <clears throat> sorry, I think the heart sells your project because it's something that you you just wish. Like all parents are going to wish they had have done this, and it'll connect mm-hmm. them back to that time, much like the one second a day kind of thing. It's like mm-hmm. it's um yeah, but but I I I I mean it's good that you've got a a good synergy there where he wants to build his reel, you need a video. Uh, hopefully, you can get it at a much cheaper price because yeah, I think people don't appreciate how much. I mean, we're filming a like a careers video right now at Hubba, and we're doing it, you know, in house and on the cheap. And it's we have we have a great video person, and it's I'm sure they're going to do a great job. Mm-hmm. But I remember um, at at Tilt we made a, a fantastic careers video, but it costs us like forty thousand bucks. And yeah. when I when I watch it, because uh, I was showing them like an example, and they're like, "Wow, like this is really good." Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, there were like six people. Like, so I'm, I have like a little scene in the video where I'm, you know, giving some soundbite. And I was explaining like, there was like six people here for this one little, like I had, I had makeup on. I had two lighting people. I had a director of photography. There was a director. Like it was a, like these guys were pros. And, mm. and it shows like when you look at the video and you compare it to, you know, because it's all that subtle things like lighting and, um, and, and like just framing, like just staging a shot. Uh, you can tell when someone is a professional and when they're an amateur, and it and it has a, um, it's worth investing in that kind of stuff if you're doing a Kickstarter because there's so much data that your video really does sell your, it, it sells it. So uh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's exciting, man. I, I, he's just finishing up a project right now, but he's doing one up with like monsters right now. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see, check that out. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link after, man. Um, and yeah, anyone, no, love anyone's see. listening, his name is like Paul Constantakis. Uh, really, really good guy. Cool. Paul, uh, Paul Constantakis. Actually, we should yeah. add, we should add some, some of the stuff to the show notes. Cause I feel like, uh, uh, there'll, there'll be a few things. I always say that, and then I end up doing it at like one o'clock in the morning, and I don't do it. But um, actually, I'll tell you what: if you're the the emails have been have been coming in. In fact, we probably should do. There's been two really good pieces of feedback that have come in over the past week, and I don't think we'll have we're gonna have time to get to it um, in in today's. But if you if you get frustrated that the show doesn't have show notes, um, tell us. Let us know at hello at pencilproblems.com or um on twitter or just tell us in person to our to our five listeners mm-hmm. you will uh you can you, you can tell us well that about does it for this episode of pencil problems thank you so much for listening don't forget if you like the show leave us a review on itunes or tell a friend if you have any feedback we'd love to hear from you at hello at pencilproblems.com have a wonderful week <laughs>